Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well on this wonderful Tuesday day. And hope, trust everybody slept well last night. Say a little prayer for me. I tell you, the last few days I've just been really struggling. I feel like I get a decent night's sleep and I am so exhausted. Uh, every day I get up, I don't know what's going on. I feel like I've just been uh, beat to death. I don't know what's going on. I uh, uh, can't seem to snap out of it. I try to slip in a nap every now and then if I can, but it just don't seem to be enough. So usually, uh, when I, particularly when I started using my CPAP, yeah, it seemed like it really uh, felt a lot more energetic, felt more well rested. So I don't know if it's blood pressure medication I'm on or what it is, but I am just, uh, shoo, I tell you, when I was spending some time in prayer this morning, I uh, I was really struggling to stay awake, I'm telling you, it was, it was tough. So, but I don't know, maybe it was just part of getting older, who knows, but uh, let's see what we have here. We got Karen Smith, good morning, Darlene Barker, Kelly Jeanette Swift, and Jennifer Honeycutt. I see there's a lot more than that watching, so... Appreciate you all tuning in and uh, joining us for this morning's devotions. So, if you have the ability, if you will be so kind, let us stand and let's do the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. I tell you what, friends, it is, uh, you know, I say it's every morning, but our country needs prayers like never before. And the fact that they wanted to push a socialist agenda, they can call it democratic socialism, they can call it what well, is still socialism at the end of the day. You know, uh, we can see the results of socialism and communism uh, in Cuba right now, the riots and the protests, and they're tired. They're, they're, they can't give credit. They can't get the supplies and food, things that they need uh, to live and survive, can't pay their bills. And uh, that's one thing they were talking about this morning was all the younger people who grew up in the system, they're done, they're over it. And uh, they're trying to figure out why uh, the administration is so hesitant uh, to respond and to call it out for what it is because it's a direct reflection upon what they're wanting to push. That's what they want. It's socialism. It is about power. It's about class distinction. They don't give a rat's derriere about you or me. They forget that they work for us. See, for whatever reason, they think we are subservient and we are to serve them. And that's uh, like I put a thing on Facebook yesterday. Good morning, Tracy Little. Uh, Facebook yesterday said uh, the same people said that Epstein didn't kill himself, or the same ones trying to say that they had a picture of Biden said that this potato got eight million votes. I mean, we all both know, we all know what this this whole sham of the election, uh, these mail-in votes. They use this COVID thing to really uh, to manipulate uh, the votes. And uh, so there's no, no surprise there. But um, in no time in history, uh, socialism and communism worked. And uh, sadly, uh, that's where we're at. And it blows my mind that they actually have the nerves. <laughs> it's in a lot of talking heads blaming Trump uh, for what's going on in Cuba. It just, uh, here, you know, and, and then... <laughs> It is a, uh, uh, Biden has a nerve to refer to it as a democratic system. It's a dictatorship. I mean, it just, it's just, it is mind-blowing, you know. And I, I tell you what, like I said before, I've had a, I've had it up to here with the vaccine thing. I, you know, I've, I've had it, you know, only because I'm in that one of those brackets where I have a compromised immune system. And I just, you know, I didn't want to get it, but I did what I had to do because I felt like it was right for me. 
But we live in a free society. If you want to get it, fine. If you don't find that's on you. You know, that's your decision. And I'm sick of this being forced. They're talking about Gail King said that she's going to have a family, her next Thanksgiving family get together. That she was not going to, that they were these people were banned in her family who will get the vaccine. Uh, well, you know, from what I've seen of Gail King, they're probably better off to not be around her anyway because she's a lunatic. But you know, it just uh, it amazes me uh, how. You know, what was the saying when I just popped in my head? Was it, um, oh gosh, I can't remember who said it now. I said, uh, how does it go? Uh, if you lose a little bit of freedom, oh, let me look it up here. Um, it's driving me crazy. Thank goodness for Go for Google. <laughs> so, uh, hold on. I'm trying to, it's in my head and driving me nuts. Hold on. What is that quote? I hate it when I get something stuck in my head like it. Uh, maybe it was Benjamin Franklin, maybe, that said what I'm thinking of. Uh, let's see here. Let me look here and see. Uh, yeah, that's it, Benjamin Franklin. Those who desire to give up freedom in order to gain security will not have, nor do they deserve, neither one. That's the quote I was thinking of. I am a genius, am I not? Thank you to Google uh, to have that. But really, that's um, uh, yeah, this is a, any society that would give up a little liberty to gain a little security will deserve neither and lose both. He who sacrifices freedom for security deserves neither. So, uh, uh, or is it? Well, now I'm confused because it says Thomas Jefferson also said, "Who gives his freedom for safety gets none." So now I'm confused. It says Ben for Benjamin Franklin quote. I don't know. Oh well. Anyway. I'll let you get the gist of the idea there of what I was trying to say and get at. And uh, we're on a slippery slope, guys. And I'm telling you, Christianity stands in the face of these things that they want to push. And, you know, it is through our strong convictions as Christians. You know, uh, I may mention this before, that uh, there are, you know, when you talk about Islam, you talk about Muslims. And, you know, I, I've had people say, uh, make the reference, well, I know a, a Muslim, and they're, they're, they're one of the nicest people I've ever meet. That may be. Uh, particularly, when you're, uh, they want to give a defense when you're talking about these radical Muslims. But the fact remains, there are a lot of Muslims who follow Islam, uh, and, uh, um, uh, sorry, my dad was texting me, <laughs> uh, that uh, uh, are like Christianity. They may be followers of the Quran, but they don't really know it. So when someone who is... Uh, totally immersed into the writings of Islam, uh, uh, in the Quran rather, uh, that they are, are considered radicalized. All they're doing is following the mandates of Islam, uh, and, what, and it's what it's, what it's saying in the Quran. But likewise, like Christianity, if you are rooted in the true convictions of Christianity, what are you called? You're referred to as a radical, uh, or uh, a bigot, a, a terrorist, a political, I'm sorry, a um, uh, religious radical, something like that, uh, and uh, that's what they refer you to if you are a strong Christian and rooted in your convictions. And I think that's one reason why there's so much uh, apathy among the Christian community. I think that's one reason why that uh, uh, we see people not standing up against sinful actions uh, in the fact that uh, uh, they will compromise on sin and make excuses for things like homosexuality, uh, pornography, whatever it may be, because they don't really know their Bible. And what I'm leading up to 
is with our verse that we're looking at this morning is Matthew 16, 24. So let me bring that up here so you can read it. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You know, what a wonderful and poignant verse to look at this morning uh, in understanding that uh, the cross, remember, was always looked at as something that um, uh, was uh, a very torture, I mean, the very root of torture, uh, of pain, uh, of sorrow. Uh, so when you look at that cross, now when we look at the cross, of course, we, we think of what Christ done for to pay our sin debt. We see an empty cross. You know, I, I'm not big on... I don't care much for those crosses. Uh, of course, you see a lot of Catholic stuff where it says Jesus on the cross. Jesus is not on the cross. He rose again. He's not dead. My God is alive. And But that we, we wear those crosses as a reminder and a reflection of where our belief system is at. You know, and it is, uh, sometimes you need to ask yourself, you know, uh, are you willing to deny yourself and take up the cross and follow after Jesus Christ? You know, there, there's been, you know, you can ask young people, you know, are you willing to, deny self and willing to give your all for Jesus. And all the times they think automatically uh, they, they got to give their life right then. Well, wait, well I want to wait till I get older. Maybe their response. Or you may ask the average, uh, I hate the word housewife. You know, I, I, my wife was, was a stay-at-home mother. She's working now because her daughter's about to graduate. And my mother was a stay-at-home uh, wife. But, you know, the, the, this multifaceted uh, what a woman has to do who stays at home and cooking and cleaning, take care of the kids. Trust me, I'd rather be at a eight to five job any day than change a dirty diaper. So, you know, so I, I feel like it was almost a derogatory term in reference to that. But you ask the, you know, someone like that and they say, oh, well, I'm too busy to, um, to, to really think about that right now. I've got too many uh, committees and, and things that I'm involved in. I don't have time for that. Or you may ask someone who's elderly. And they may say, well, I'm too old for that now and, and uh, can't do that. But the thing of the matter is, you, know, you kind of look at it as uh, giving your all to Jesus. Is, uh, are you willing to, you know, if it was called to give your very life? I think some people think of it as, you know, kind of like a $1,000 check. You know, you, you expect to get the check. You have to cash it all right then instead of taking a few quarters at a time. And I think that's a lot of times what Christ asks you to do a little of ourselves every day. He's not asking you to cash in the whole check, but just a little bit each day. But, you know, when you look at, uh, in, of course, we're reading in Matthew, but I want to look at uh, Luke uh, in, in chapter uh, 9 here, in verse 7, verse 24, it says, Whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses, for, or, and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him will the Son of, God, Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. So, you know, and that's, uh, and I'm reading out of English Standard Version here. And so that's what we have to look at. You know, are you ashamed of who you are as a Christian? Do you hide it at work or school? Do you hide the fact that you are a strong Christian because you're worried about the retaliation? You're worried about the, the stigma that may be attached to that? You don't want to be considered hate field. Hey, you may have homosexual friends. I don't know, you know, and they may be very sweet, benevolent people, but it doesn't change the fact that what their their lifestyle choice, despite that they would, would argue the contrary, it is a choice, um, would uh, uh, you know is still sinful in the eyes of God. And you know just because they may be nice people doesn't mean squat. Because you know if you're committing adultery, that is still sin. No matter how nice you are, hey, it may be the nicest man or woman out there, but you're still committing adultery. That is sin. 
You may be the nicest man or woman out there, but you're this knee deep in, in pornography. You are, or you could be, you know, maybe you, you have a problem with stealing at a store, or you, you're a kleptomaniac, maybe you, you know, whatever it may be, just because you're a nice person doesn't negate that sin uh, in your life. And to live in blatant, unrepentant sin, see, that's the problem. That's where God says he's going to turn you over to a reprobate mind. And at that point, there is no time for return. You, there's just no, that's it. So, you know, that's why the homosexual lifestyle is so awful, because they live in blatant sin. But here's the thing. So it's not so much about homosexuality as the fact that where you're at as a Christian, all right, how do you represent yourself? How do you, where's your thoughts? What are you doing? You know, there's some good questions here that I, I looked up on. This is coming from, uh, uh, let's see here. I think it's from the book, uh, I don't think. It's from the book, Follow Him, a 35-day call to live for Christ, no matter the cost, by David Platt. Uh, just so you get an idea where this is coming from. Uh, it says, are you willing to follow Jesus if it meant losing some of your closest friends? Now listen, I've talked to people. And I've told them that, that these you know, the people they're hanging around with are very ones who could could pull them down. And uh, but I've literally have to say, don't you tell me I'm not giving up my friends. I'm not saying you can't have friends with those in the world, but to have close intimate relationships or friends with those in the world, they're gonna pull you down. But I've had people fight me and say, I'm like, listen, I've told them, I ain't your daddy. You do whatever you want to do. But I'm just telling you right now that uh, both salt and fresh water can't flow out of the same fountain. It's not going to work. Not to be we're not to be unequally yoked. With uh, non-believers, uh, so would uh, would you are willing to follow Jesus? It means losing some of your closest friends. If it meant alienation from your family, the loss of your reputation, it meant losing your job, if it meant losing your life, and sadly, my friends, it may come to that. I mean, we have seen uh, just you know I was mentioning Trump earlier and how those uh, in the media uh, and uh, those who are in office want to blame Trump for what's going on in Cuba, but uh, look at how. Those who were supporters of Trump, how they were viciously, physically attacked uh, when they were being supported. I mean, you know, remember when he was at, I remember seeing, was it, I want to say Nashville, but I can't remember now, but they, uh, I don't think it was Nashville. I don't know. Anyway, I remember seeing people, but they were beat up. I've uh, been places in New York and stuff, people were beat up for wearing a Trump hat. Uh, I remember one young lady, people were throwing eggs at her head. I mean, it was just, you know, unbelievable uh, how they were attacking and demonizing uh, those who were Trump supporters. Imagine how much more this is escalating in regards to Christianity, and it's not—it's just a—it's not you know, you're just that far away from being beaten, eggs thrown at, maybe your life being taken because of your convictions of Jesus Christ. Because why? It goes right back to what I was referencing in the very beginning. For those who have strong convictions in Christ Jesus, we are considered the bigots, the hate mongers, the radicals, the terrorists. How do they, look at how they want to do that. Look at what it did. Was it Obama who said uh, they claimed to their Bibles and their guns? I mean, so we are looking at and we are looked at and demonized because we hold a, a value, we hold a conviction that is opposing to culture and society and they cannot stand it. It flies in the face of socialism. It flies in the face of communism. It flies in the very things that they want to push and that agenda. And the only way they can push these things uh, is to remove God, remove Christianity in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Uh, you know, you look at, uh, like I said, in, in China and how they are demonized to try to uh, have God's word and how they, you know, for those who were able to get Bibles, how they were taking them off of that pallet and holding them and squeezing the Bible and kissing God's word because it's so valuable and so rare to get. And uh, I, I hope, pray our, our nation ever gets to that point 
but it's it's not looking good. Let's be honest with you. And as long as Christians are being apathetic, complacent, and quiet, and well, I, I just I'm not supposed to judge. I, I don't want to offend nobody, and and it's not my place to say anything. You know, that's the very thing I was talking about. We are set apart, and we are to be the light in this world of darkness. We are to be the salt to preserve these things in God's in this in our nation in our world. And without salt, uh, it will lose its flavor. And we have to be out there to promote and, and, and declare what God's Word says. And even though society will hate us, and the world will hate us, and Jesus was very clear on that. He didn't hide the fact that you will be hated because they hated him first. So my friends, are you willing to take up the cross? You know, the, Jesus says, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Are you willing to take up that cross? Are you willing to give of yourself a little each day? Are you willing to lose your life? Are you willing to lose your job? Are you willing to lose your friends? What are you willing to do for Jesus Christ? Look what Jesus done for you. He was beaten for you. See, because of our sin, we should have been the very ones who were scourged and beaten. We should have been the ones who were nailed to the cross. But Jesus Christ took our place. That's why we refer to that as a substitutionary atonement. Only Christ's blood was uh, was able to cover those sins. No animal sacrifice, no other individual in this world, but only Jesus could do that. And he took our place upon that cross, but yet the grave could not hold him. He rose again on the third day. You know, it's so sad to see how those out in the world want to uh, put down, uh, make light of what Christ done, and even try to go as far as say he didn't exist, and try to put down our Bibles and call them fairy tales. Well, that's, you know, hey, that's on it. You know, the God of this world is blind enough. And if they don't change, you're going to spend an eternity in hell. But we know the truth. We know the reality of what God done. We know the reality of what Jesus Christ had to do to save us from a very real hell. And if Jesus Christ is able to take a beating, we can hardly, barely imagine. The Passion of the, of the Christ movie came very close to having an understanding of what Jesus went through for us. The least we can do is give our very lives. The least we can do is give up a friend. The least we can do is lose our job. Whatever it may take to make sure that we're doing what is right in the eyes of God. And that's why, my friends, it takes a very real and strong man or woman to walk for Christ. That's why it's narrow is the way and broad is the path of his destruction. That's why few are called, because it takes a special person to stand up in the face of opposition to do what is right. Let us pray. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us to stand for what is right and what is true. Help us stand true to our convictions, no matter what the world may say, Lord. Let us work hard to please you, to serve you well, so that one day we will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, if there's anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to lift up the family of Roger Winters, Murph, uh, Lord, as they're dealing with this tragic loss, Lord. And uh, Lord, just please let Murph know that we love him and we're going to miss him. Lord, I do pray for Ron Thompson. I pray for uh, for Wendy Lee, Kim Penix, Ginger Hood, and Troy. Lord, I do pray uh, for so many in our church who have lost loved ones. So many I see on social media that uh, are dealing with a lot of uh, painful situations, and Lord, I pray that you will be done in that situ in those areas. Lord, I pray that you be with Daisy's side. I pray that you bring healing upon her and be with her family. And Lord, just be with us all. It's your lead, God, which will protect us and let us serve you well. In Jesus' name I pray.
Well, I appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this morning. I hope everybody has a wonderful day, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching, and God bless.